93.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. 23 years in the National Football League, and I can tell you this. There is nobody that I admire and respect more than Lorenzo Alexander. He's one of those guys, he's like a lunch bell guy. A blue collar appeal to come into work. He's going to outwork you every single play. 15-year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke to give us the lowdown on the Cardinals and the NFL. Brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. Oh, baby, what a hit by Lorenzo Alexander. Alexander is here. It is the lowdown for the next hour on this Thursday morning, and uh, I got a lot of a lot of football to get into here. We're getting some of the sun stuff with Zoe too, but uh, but so how's it going, man? It's going great. I'm real good. Uh, went to the Bills game last week in L.A. Uh, saw that massacre. It was great. Uh, just going to L.A. and dominating. All the Bills fans come out. Then went out to Vegas with my wife and another couple of friends, and saw Usher's uh, concert live. Oh. And then saw the UFC fight, which was really cool. And then today I'm reckon, you know, just rocking a little bit of throwback Thursday. Got my high school hat on and, and riding my Mustang today. So it's it's just great to be alive. You know, I'm enjoying life and doing well. Um, and I, me and Wolf was just talking, you know, the game tonight, you know. Yes. Oh, so man. With the Chargers I'm Chiefs. I'm kind of excited. I forgot that the game was tonight. And, and talking about, you know, I, both these teams, obviously we saw last week with the Cardinals. Uh, but even breaking down the Raiders who played the Chargers last week, it was hard to keep my eyes on the Raiders. I'm like watching them, you know, to kind of prep for the show. But my eyes keep gravitating back to the Chargers because they're really good. Yeah. And just get me more excited for this game tonight. So uh, all in all, doing well. And glad to be in here with you guys. Yeah, it is interesting that this game tonight, like you, like Zoe just said, it's kind of the it's kind of the other half of Cardinals Raiders, right? Because I mean, all these four teams played each other last week. Yeah. And now they're they're split right. up and, and playing again in a different way this week. Um, Zoe, we got to ask you about Isaiah Simmons in particular. It feels like the Green Dot conversation. It's almost like a hot potato this year with this team. Yeah, uh, but. Green dot, you can you can mix this in if you want, but uh, green dot aside, what um, what did you see from Isaiah? Even compared to last year, I thought he looked better last year. I mean, it was one game. I, I think he'll be fine. Yeah, I, I mean, I think a lot of things probably end up working against him. You know, when I and I don't know Isaiah personally, but when I see him, he seems like he's a a very confident guy, high energy guy. You know, wants to get in your face. And this game, much like that 49er game his rookie year, when it rains, it pours, and he never could catch back up. So it felt he, he when I watched him, he never felt like he was uh, not sure of where he needed to be. But when the ball snapped, he just seemed like the game was faster than than what was going on, right? So in his mind, I, it felt like his game was all over the place. You know, his leverage was bad, being really aggressive. And this was something that I've always said that he, he needs to work on because he's so athletic. You need to slow down a little bit. Just slow down. You're more athletic than these tight ends that you're guarding and all this. And you, you, you almost run yourself out of plays and position, especially in coverages, because he's being – too quick, too fast. Slow down a little bit. Let the guy make his move and then be like a cat and react to him, and he'll be much better. But, uh, you know, his first game, 
it, it, it steamrolled on him a little bit, um, but I think he'll be fine once they bounce back and, and get some film. That's another thing, right? And the more and more I was watching this game, like, man, the Cardinals play bad. But then I just thought, man, I said, man, Andy Reid has done this to me a whole bunch of times. <laughs> man, Andy Reid, man, his schemes, the 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 jet motions, the the screen games. The, how many how many different ways can a coach come up and run the shovel pass? I mean, it was another way. Yeah. I was like, oh, he has another way to run the shovel pass. Andy and, knows. I, <laughs> so and of course communication too was so critical, especially yeah. against that team. Communication right. and that seemed to be a problem All on of the that. defensive side of the yeah, ball. Yeah, and then it was some breakdowns just schematically um, on the back end. I mean, it was just a lot of things that ended up hurting them at the end of the day. And I know people was talking about them blitzing a lot, but you know sometimes you want to be aggressive. But a lot of stuff was like simulated blitzes. You it know, was the linebackers yeah. were going, but the defensive ends were dropping out. So they really was only sending four. Yeah. They were trying to find different ways, or five, trying or to find five. different ways to speed Mahomes up to get the ball out of his hands or take advantage of All right, are, the protection. Are you going to say that five is a blitz? Are you going to call no, it's a, pr- five it's a, a blitz? Pressure. It's a pressure. It's a pressure. It's a pressure. Yeah, 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 Six. That is yeah. a blitz. Six or more, of course. It, it that is a blitz. to me, I didn't say they were blitzing that right. much on. Okay, yeah, but the whole football focus has it down as a blitz. Yeah, they counted all as a blitz. Even when they bring four, I think when they see a linebacker right. go, they count that as a blitz, really? but it's not. It's not a blitz right there. Listen, if you're going to bring four to a side and you have the nose tackle loop around to keep contain or something right. like that, you see some of these zone blitzes. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're going to bleed four to a side? I, I might call that a blitz. But if you're flooding okay, one I'm side just with saying, four guys. Okay, I'm just yeah. saying. Okay, so let's get that clear. Also, in fairness <laughs> to Vance Joseph, I, I mean, do people look at that and say he brought too much pressure? If he had gone the other way, they would have won the game. I don't think Vance Joseph really, he was in a, a lose-lose situation. Yeah, you have to you can't be soft and just let Pat sit back there either. I mean, because that's even worse. At least when you bring some simulated pressure, Pat makes it, oh, here they come with a blitz, even though it's simulated. Let me get the ball out, check it down, and then your defense got to run to the ball and tackle, right? Yeah. And so they gave up some big plays um, on some of the a three or four yard pass, you know, you break contain or you don't have your leverage and it becomes this big explosion play. But was that the blitz that was called or was that a lack of, you know, hustle or right. bad angle or bad exactly. tackling? Yeah. Right. So talk to me about Zayvon Collins, what you saw from Zayvon Collins. I thought Zayvon did better. I was actually, he was in his right spot where he needed to be. I'm going to always be a stickler of, of hands and some other stuff being violent when yes. you get there. But he made some plays. And so I for me, saw him a I'm, yeah. Times. Shoot the hands. I did. See it a couple of times. Yeah, but he's too. It, it needs. I need to. It needs to pop for me. And I and I and I watched the game again. And granted, I don't know if that was the fourth quarter he did it or the late third. <laughs> you know, I watched the first half, and he was where he needed to be. I felt thought he good. got better as the game yes. went along. And so that's what I'm saying. I, there's certain things I think he can still do better, but I'm. I want you to hear what I'm saying. Yeah. That I thought he played better than I expected, and he did get better as things went on. He wasn't. He wasn't the goat or the fish out there. He actually was in there delivering and, and being where he needed to be. And so I thought he did really well. And they, and they targeted him a couple of times. You know, they ran like a, a pick route against him, against uh, maybe Hardman. I can't remember who the back was. Number one, maybe. Played it really well. And I never felt like he got out of out of sorts. 
Um, and so for me, I just want him. I just know what he can do. So I'm gonna always be pushing yeah, for more. Right. Like I'm his coach or I'm his yes. teammate in there. Hey, I want, I want more. I want more. But it was a good first outing. I thought for for Zavin overall. We should we should save these clips of Zoe talking to Zavin, and the next time we have Zavin on the show, just play like yeah, 20 right. minutes of them for him. Yeah. Yeah. That wouldn't be good. I don't I don't know him personally. He, he might not he might not take it well. <laughs> I, I think he would. I think he would. <laughs> but he seemed like somebody. I would love to work with him and be with him and hang out. You know. I would just because I think he has so much just great potential just locked in there that is I think over time hopefully comes out. Uh, good it's, it's, it's good to see the the improvement. That was probably the biggest silver lining uh, in in week one for the Cardinals. When we come back, what do the Cardinals have to do to slow down Max Crosby and Chandler Jones this Sunday? The lowdown continues next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on ninety eight seven FM Arizona Sports Station. Ninety eight seven FM Arizona Sports Station. 23 years in the National Football League, and I can tell you this. There is nobody that I admire and respect more than Lorenzo Alexander. He's one of those guys, he's like a lunch bell guy. That blue collar pills are coming to work. He's going to outwork you every single play. 15-year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke to give us the lowdown on the Cardinals and the NFL. Brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. Oh, baby, what a hit by Lorenzo Alexander. Lorenzo Alexander is here as we turn our shift away from the Chiefs last week to the Las Vegas Raiders in Vegas uh, this week. And there's a few different storylines heading into this game, as you would imagine. The uh, the storyline, the crazy one from last year that now you're hoping carries over to this year is the simple fact that the Cardinals were so much better on the road last year than they were at home. Here's Cliff yesterday. I hope so. I hope so. Um, I, I think our, our group does a great job of kind of locking in in the road, being around each other, team hotel, all those things. And um, so hopefully that we feel some confidence from the success we had, and we can build off that. So do you think there's anything to that? The numbers no. were so severe last year. No. Nothing to it. Not not banking off of what happened last year. No, you gotta, not carrying over this you year. you got to recreate it. You, yeah. know, I, I, you know, I was fortunate enough to be around the league long enough. And obviously there's some trends. Great players are going to be great players for the most part. You don't get a Patrick Mahomes all of a sudden just falling off. But when you talk about collectively as a team, you have to build success year after year after year. Um, some coaches are set up and some you know organizations are set up that have done that year in and year out. But knowing those coaches and knowing the people that run that organization, they don't count on last year's success to transition over. They build each year individually of themselves. And so, yes, they did a great job last year, right? They did a great job last year in the first game after playing nobody in the preseason, right? True. Stuff doesn't necessarily translate. You have to recreate that every single year. Um, mentally, will it help a little bit? Yes, but you still got to go out there this season and and create that same type of feel for the guys that weren't on the team to feel it, right? And for you to feel confident, like, okay, we can play on the road and be successful. So when you think of the Arizona Cardinals getting ready to travel to play the Las Vegas Raiders, um, what is the matchup you think of first? 
Well, I mean, obviously everybody thinks about Chandler Jones because he was here, but I, 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 I'm going to skip over Chandler and go to Max Crosby. Max Crosby. <laughs> Can I go both? Because that's what I did. I went both, Chandler oh, and you? Crosby. I, I, I was fortunate enough to get meet Max a little bit uh, a couple of years ago. I think it was his rookie year, my last year out, hanging out with him. And the dude loves ball, is all about it, student of the game. And he plays with his hair on fire because he wasn't like the, one of these premier guys. He had to come in and earn it, and he plays hard. And you watch it. That's how a guy like that has 10 tackles. He didn't have any sacks, but he was close three or four times of being right up in there. But he's going to be impactful, running around, um, and, and just being dominant. And, not, you know, the Chargers last week chipped him and, and slid a tackle on the guard to him, right? Line, you know, chipping him with a tight end. They just did so much because of the impact that he has. Chandler on the other side, it'll be, it's going to be interesting to see if he turns it up a notch. Because he kind of, he floated, I think, a little bit last week. You know, I'm doing my job, and then he picks his spots. It'll be interesting to see if Chandler decides, hey, I'm going to turn it up every single play. Then I think he'll be more of a factor in this game. But going into it, I definitely would be looking more at Max Crosby and what he brings to the table versus what Chandler Jones did, at least last week on film. But you got to factor in the passion he's going to come back into the stadium or against the Cardinals with. How does a guy like Crosby, fourth-round pick, Yeah. How, how does a guy like that slide to the fourth round instantly come in? I don't know. How does a guy like Lorenzo Alexander <laughs> go undrafted? You know what I mean? That's I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it, the draft is a crapshoot in a lot of ways. There are guys that stand out, heads and shoulders above everybody. There's some late bloomers, like go to Richard Sherman, right? He's a Hall of Fame caliber candidate. He was a six-round pick, yeah. right? So there's just uh, so much things that go into to becoming a great football player. There's no measurable for, for character and the, and the, in, the intangibles that allow you to take your physical God-given gifts to the next level. And so I think people miss on that. Maybe a guy made a mistake. There's just so many factors. So um, I don't know. But obviously, he's made the best of it. He didn't allow his star to dictate who he's going to be as a football player. Now he's probably one of the top 10, you know, premier rushers in the league right now based on what he's able to do week in and week out. You know what's amazing about Max Crosby specifically is the fact that he's got like three moves and they all are tied together. And those three moves make him almost unblockable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got the edge, get up the field, Mm -hmm. get the edge. Then, of course, he's get up the field, come inside. Right. He's got the inside move. And then he's got the Euro spin, which is come up the field. Go inside and then spin back, back out, out, and it is lethal. <laughs> Watch yeah. it. I mean, so yeah. it is like it's almost unfair. You look at that and go, how is a guy supposed to block that unless he's guessing? And, of course, every offensive line coach in the history of mankind will tell you right now, he does not want his offensive lineman guessing as to what's going to happen. That's not ideal. That's when you're yeah. in trouble. Yeah, and that's a top-tier rusher for it. Most, most guys have that. Everything plays off of everything because once I beat you once was one of those three moves, I got you for the rest of the game. <laughs> now you, to, to what's point, you are guessing, is this is this it? What he's going to spin? Nope, no, I'm staying right here. Power on you. Right? Is this one? Oh, he's staying by. Oh, no, I'm going to spin on you. Oh, he goes inside. I got, oh, he spun back out. So, guys like that, to your to, to the point, he's a student of the game, so he understands yeah. how he's going to set every guy yep. up over time. And right. so, it's fun to watch. And then even on, on, on run plays, he'll give you one of those quick Olays. The dude is strong and powerful and long. But he'll ole you real quick, too. And then now you playing catch the rest of the game after he's had a couple of tackles for losses. So he's a guy that that offensive line is really going to have to step up. The backs have to go, are going to have to be on point. Because last week watching the Kansas City Chiefs game, 
Kyler was under a ton of pressure a lot of times, and and, and a lot of times the offensive line just break down. Just simple, uh, you know, three-on-three, and, you know, the two defensive linemen and maybe one of the rushers coming off, and the back and the guard and the the tackle slide to three-on-two and leave a free runner coming up. So, again, it's going to have to come back to communication, practice habits. We can't – and and I think this happens in practice. I've been on some some teams that weren't so good, and it's running to the ball or saying, I would have made that play – in the, in the game, right? I don't know if you ever had that, Wolf, yeah, where guys right. say, I, I would have made that in the game. Uh, n- no, you wouldn't have. Yeah, I, 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 I never I said that. that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I would never yeah. say that because I wasn't going to be yeah, in the game. Yeah, but we, I've had guys say that, and then you get in the game and they don't make the plays. Uh, so you have to be real uh, strict um, and have a high bar for yourself in practice and have to hold guys accountable. Like, hey, man, this practice is not good enough. This is not good enough. This is not going to get us what we where we want to be. And so hopefully – they notice what they did week one, and this week's practice looked completely different from an energy standpoint and attention to detail standpoint as far as everybody being on the same page. How many of those games did you have? It was it 2016 where you had 12 and a half sacks where you yeah. knew early in the game like you just had that guy? Yeah, some games. Uh, probably like three or four. Yeah. I mean, because I had a couple of double-digit sacks in there, especially yeah. when I played uh, uh, my man Roger Saffield when he was with the Rams. Yeah. <laughs> I hit him with a spin move early. It was over after that. Now he just, he just waiting on the spin. Did you say you said. <laughs> That's where the audio is from. Is that <laughs> <laughs> it's so sweet right there, man. Honestly, it, it really is, though. It's one of those deals where a great pass rusher, um, that is a guy that gets in your brain, man. It gets yeah, yeah. in your mind in a bad, bad way, and you know it, too, and you can exploit guys. Yeah. You know, I, I'm thinking of Clay Matthews. Do you remember Clay yeah, Matthews? Yeah, not, yeah, not, no, Clay Matthews Sr. Oh, I know Cleveland him too. Okay, well, you gotta okay. be there. I know Clay Matthews okay. Sr. too. I'm talking about oh. Clay Matthews <laughs> with the Cleveland Browns. Right. He had two moves, man. Bull rush or bull rush in hands. Oh, that's, that's, that's what he was going to do. That sounds like Clay Matthews Jr. Oh, exactly right. <laughs> right. right. With his dad had Kevin more. Green, right. He run through your face or oh, I'm yeah. going to lay you. Okay, yeah. exactly right. His his dad, though, had more butt, way more than oh, okay. his son. Way well, more butt. Maybe butt, that's why, why more the son needed a little help. So that's all he had, and you had to guess. You had right, to yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he, he, it looked exactly yeah. the same. He did everything exactly the same, and you had to guess whether it was the bull or whether it was the hands. And it, man, it, it put you in a bad spot a lot of the times because that's 50% chance you're wrong. Who's got to block Crosby on uh, on Sunday? Is that, is that Beecham? Does Beach have to? Is that probably He's on the left side, so it's the right tackle. Yeah, okay. All right, so this is going to be yeah, yeah. What's your point? I'm just, I mean, just glad I don't play. It's off well, it's not going to be one guy. Yeah, I, it's I hope be, it's not one guy. The whole side of the chip, field, right? Yeah. Chip, 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 tight exactly. end on the chip. You got to use it. You got to do it. I you mean, all, all it. this is uh, and, and, and they got to be able to run the ball. Yes. You got to be able to run, run the ball to make him guess a little bit. If you watch, and I, and I meant to say this in the beginning of the show because I know you'd have loved this. I watched the Raiders and the, the Chargers did this. I and Maybe another game I was watching. I haven't seen so much eye and far eye and near eye in a game. I was like, oh, man, I know Wolf is loving this right here. <laughs> you know what you right. Run the tackles over. Run it yeah, right yeah. at him. Now get him to run. And that's what Set I would do. I would run right at yes. Crosby, make him run the point of the attack, and yep. then cut back on the backside. Cut back. Cut back. I would, But I wouldn't run away from him. Attack him. Make him play football the whole time and, and attack him and then cut off of him and make other guys have to he fit. He made 10 tackles last week. Yeah, as yeah, a yeah. defensive end. I know. What? 
I know we're horribly late to break, but isn't running at him what worked for the Cardinals against Aaron Donald the first game last year? The second two games that obviously yeah. didn't work very well, but didn't they essentially run at Aaron Donald? In the, uh, the I first don't know game? how interested Aaron was in that first game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, players are speaking out, so what's next in the Robert Sarver saga? It's the Wolf and Luke Show. Lorenzo Alexander is here as well. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. There is nobody that I admire and respect more than Lorenzo Alexander. He's one of those guys, he's like a lunch bell guy. That blue collar appeals to coming to work. He's going to outwork you every single play. 15-year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke to give us the lowdown on the Cardinals and the NFL. Brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. Oh, baby, what a hit by Lorenzo Alexander. Lots of football today, but obviously the big story surrounding the Phoenix Suns and owner Robert Sarver and Adam Silver spoke yesterday during our show. We reacted to some of that. So I want to get your thoughts just on the situation in general. And then also I, I feel like everything got ramped up yesterday afternoon and evening. To me, the moment LeBron James and Chris Paul weigh in. Right. Almost not regardless of what they say, but regardless of like how, you know, angrily they say it or whatever, how how they say it. Just the fact that those two players now are are, you know, letting people know that they're paying attention to this, I think takes it to a whole new level, honestly. Yeah, I mean obviously, um those guys are um stars. Um, uh, leaders in a lot of different ways, right? Obviously, uh, dealing with the players union and just in the community in, in general overall, as far as um, trying to use their platform and leverage to make some change, especially when we t- in, in the realm of social justice, um, you know. But you know, in regard to Sarver and his and his comments, it's, it's unfortunate. Um, you know, when they talk about context and the locker room talk, you know, I kind of texted you the other day and you listen yeah. to um, the commissioner kind of talk. It's kind of like that's what he's talking about. Like, it, it, and, and I think what we have to do as people, right, we have to learn how to grow, develop, and change. At some point in time, right, what he probably was saying, and I don't know all the, the, the racist comments or some of the other things, was probably okay, Right. If you think about 20 years ago, where we were at as a society, some of the stuff was at least condoned. Like, okay, we're going to put up with it. Right. But we've we've evolved. We've changed. And you have to change as an individual as well Um, and to learn how to speak different, be better, um, regardless of if you think it was hurting somebody else. Right. And so it's always a hard, hard spot to be in, because, again, ownership may talk to me differently than they do. Uh, the janitor or somebody low level, right? But if I see something as a player that I have, I gotta, I gotta be able to speak up. And sometimes that's hard to do as well. So I think the storm is, is perfect for obviously Sarver to be able to, to, to move in this space, right? Billionaire, owner, people probably don't want to say too much. And then you allow to be in your ways for so long where you think it's okay because nobody ever speaks up or say, say, says anything to you. And so it always comes back to self-awareness and then also having people in your life that are going to challenge you to keep help you, you become a better person and, and keep you accountable. Um, and this is something that we're going to continue to see because, you know, people have operated certain ways for a long time and you have to step up and, and speak to it. And I'm glad people were able to do that. And I also want to say this, just because 
because you own a team or you're the most paid person in a locker room or whatnot doesn't necessarily make you a leader. You may be in that role or position, but it doesn't make you a leader. Yeah. And so I'm not going to necessarily depend on uh, ownership or somebody, especially as I've grown and become comfortable with who I am. I'm going to speak out, hey, this is not right. And I've done that with some of my owners that I've been with later in my career. And so you have to be able to do that um, when you see something that's not right, be able to speak up and say something and be okay with whatever the consequences may be. But a guy like CP3 doing that, and I don't know what he's done, I'm just saying, he's going to be safe. And so when you have the platform to speak up and hold people accountable, I want to challenge people out there to do it and not just go with status quo. Um, use your leverage and, it's not, and be a part of the solution. And just don't be jumping on somebody once it kind of hits the fan. So what did you think of the punishment overall that was handed down by the league? I mean, is it ever enough when you've done something for 20 years and, and marginalized people and made them feel a certain type of way? And, and uh, you know, whether it's racial, misogynistic, what, what, whatever it was, I mean, I don't think it, it's ever a number you can put on something like that. Uh, especially when we think about, I mean, they have to be a, a lot more than $10 million when you're talking about billionaire money, right? Um, and I think that's where you have to, they need to start thinking about, do we need to change some of these rules as ownership to make the 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 the, the um, punishment more punitive to where I'm not going to even do it? Or I'm going to change significantly right now as far as who I am. Because a lot of these things, like the $10 million fine, I know the commissioner said that was the max they could do, that probably was set up when the league first started, right? He's probably going to make more than $10 million yeah, yeah. off the team this yeah, year. Yeah, that's when the league first started with the, that pilot, which it was punitive then. So they need to, first of all, change some of that, right? And then they need to make it more, it needs to be more streamlined as far as what are the rules as far as removing people. That, and because that's when that's what people really want to happen, right? Listen, remove him like they did Donald Sterling. And so what does that process look like? But I think first thing you should start with making it, because most owners operate or respond to money first. That's just how they are. And so you need to make it to where if you create this type of culture, you, you're you definitely going to hate this punishment and you're going to feel this pain that you've placed on other people by the type of environment you've created in the workplace. And I think that's where they need to start first. And then you kind of gravitate. If it's like egregious stuff, then you you start talking about, hey, I'm going to remove dudes from, from their companies and, and, and transition and whatever that looks like. It almost felt like, especially listening to Adam Silver talk yesterday, it almost felt like the NBA was like, okay, this is all we feel like we can do, but we're right. going to get the ball rolling and see if players take it. And that's right. a lot to put on players. It is. And then it's, it's also, you asking, you're also putting it on one. Because <laughs> ownership, the group as all, well, how many, 30, is it 30 owners? You know, 29, I don't know how, how that, if one team is owned publicly like the Green Bay Packers, but all 30 guys, <laughs> you're asking, they need to figure out how to, how to, how, and, and I know the commissioner works for them, right? And then you have other owners, other billionaire owners that may feel like it's wrong, but they know they got some dirt on them. Yeah. So I'm not going to hold him accountable. Like, we're not going to we're not gonna be too crazy unless he does something egregious like the Sterling thing yeah. where it came out, right? right? So they need to figure out a different process of how to create accountability in upper management, especially when you, as the NBA, that's what you say you stand for, right? All this social change, we want to be progressive, we want to be the leaders in this way, then you need to figure out ways to keep ownership, executives, and obviously on the way down, um, accountable to that culture and, and mindset that you that you say that you are all for. You know, it's a, it was really interesting because Adam Silver, as you all know, is a very, very bright guy, very intelligent yeah. guy. To see him struggle. Right. <laughs> yeah. He was struggling. Wolf was, and I just looked at each other at one point was, like, what did he just 
saying. It was like very, thing. yeah, very uncomfortable right there. Um, he did cite three things, I thought, in regard to Sarber. He said he has evolved as a person. Okay. I thought that was interesting right there. Uh, many of the offenses, he said, it occurred early in his tenure as an owner. That was interesting. And then he said the league had firsthand evidence in the Donald Sterling account, and that's the reason why they took it easy on him, so to speak. He gave those reasons as to why he did that. I I was really surprised that um, he went into that kind of detail, number one. And number two, it explains probably why he was tripping all over the place as he was doing it. That was strange to see him sort of bend himself into a pretzel trying to not defend him. Well, well, yeah, I mean, he's a commissioner. He works. I mean, that's his boss in some ways. Right. And so it's a hard line. It's a hard position to be in, especially when you know what's right and what should be done and where we should be going with this. But you're kind of confined in this box as as to what the commissioner uh, limits of power are, right? And, you know, because most people will say that the commissioner is a great dude and understands he's one of the people that kind of leads that progressive movement and what he stands for. But also you work for these these dudes too yeah. so it's always just it's a it's always a hard situation and you can't always give it just do the way it should be because you're kind of confined. Uh, week two of Bix Picks kicks off tonight. Text pick to 620-620 to sign up and compete against Dan Bickley for your chance at the grand prize 75-inch TV courtesy of Corona Extra. And weekly winners are going to receive an NFL jersey of their choice and a $50 gift card to cold beers and cheeseburgers. So text pick to 620-620 to enter. When we come back, a Hall of Fame quarterback thought Kyler Murray looked a little uncomfortable in week one. When does Kyler Murray get to look comfortable again? The lowdown continues next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 7 FM, Arizona's sports station. 23 years in the National Football League, and I can tell you this. There is nobody that I admire and respect more than Lorenzo Alexander. He's one of those guys, he's like a lunch bell guy. That blue collar appeal to coming to work. He's going to outwork you every single play. 15-year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke to give us the lowdown on the Cardinals and the NFL. Brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. Oh, baby, what a hit by Lorenzo Alexander. Alexander is here, and Wolf, now we know that clip is from that Rams game in 2016. I just love that. Y'all see it. <laughs> I had three sacks that game. Should have had four, but hey, I'm just saying. I'm just living in the memories. Okay, yes. <laughs> Who were you bringing down that day? Who was the uh, That wasn't golf yet, right? No, yeah, it was before no. golf. It was right before golf, and you're going to okay. ask me a question. Like, it didn't even matter who it was. I was bringing him down. I actually caused interceptions on the last play of the game. I should have. I wish I could have got I four. thought you'd have your, their jerseys no. actually hanging in there. I, have to, I do have the picture of the last. It wasn't a sack. You wouldn't know it, but it, that is in the gym hanging up to kind of commemorate There you that go. Right it's there. Up. It, is yes. up. it is up. So that was the one that got Jared Goff drafted. Mounted on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, the Rams are like, we got to go number one pick quarterback. Um, Kyler Murray, speaking of number one pick quarterbacks, this is Kurt Warner's assessment of Kyler's game on Sunday. This is from the NFL Network. you got to remember, a lot of these guys didn't play in the preseason. So when I was watching Kyler, it looked like he was very uncomfortable in the pocket, that he hadn't been hit. He hadn't been around that many bodies in you know a game-type environment, and he was uncomfortable. I want to see him settle in this week, too, and be able to go back to just playing that MVP-type football that we've seen in the past. 
right, so Zoe, we've had the preseason discussion a lot. Setting that aside for right. just a second. Yeah, yeah. It, Kurt saying that Kyler Murray looked uncomfortable on Sunday, obviously it was true. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the last time Kyler Murray has gotten to look comfortable. Because, like, the game against the Rams in the playoffs right. last year, he looked even more uncomfortable. Right, <laughs> so right. So is this something they can fix? Or what's, you know, I guess you start yeah. on the offensive line. Yeah, you, ha- you have to start on the offensive line. I mean, that's that's why a quarterback becomes uncomfortable. Uh, I mean, I mean, because I, you know, it, you know, kind of prepping. You know, Aaron sent me the 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 show. Are we going to talk about what what Kurt said about Kyler Murray being uncomfortable? I said, okay, let me go look at the first half, and then I look. I mean, you know, Rodney Hudson gives up pressure one of the fir- first wow. and second play, right? First. Then, then right after that, he gets sacked, right? And then it's that's when it's when they, uh, it was like scat protection. They they released everybody. One of the corners came, right? They had two corners on the same side. So this goes back to and the film study part. If I see two corners on the same side over Zach Hurts, somebody's coming, right? Yeah. And if I don't have anybody that's going to block him, I've got to know i got to get the ball out. He got hit, right? Boom, I'm hit. Then the next play, I think uh, Rodney, I know he had uh, a bad snap. They fumble, right? And then after every play, then I, the play I talked about earlier where they ran like a gang, three were blocking two, and they let a free runner come up. Mm. So there was like play after play after play just like of breakdowns and mistakes that could never really allow Kyler to, to be comfortable where they could create some type of consistency offensively. Now, he's good enough to where he has some great shots down the field and found guys in the pressure, you know, kind of his drop back and finding guys down the field. He's good enough for that. But for them to be operating on the high level that they need to with the makeup of this team, when we think about defensively, they can't be having three and outs or yeah. five and outs. They got to have sustained drives, 10 plays. Let me get a field goal. Let me get a touchdown. Right? Let me get allow my defense to catch their wind. And they never were able to really create a great rhythm. And then once the score got out of hand, they couldn't even r- really run the ball anymore. So I think both of those things uh, really made it, you know, appear that Kyler was uncomfortable because of just how the game flow, um, the game evolved over over the course of the the four quarters, especially that first half. Yeah, you know that first half, especially because they were coming after him from time mm-hmm. to time, right? And not only that, they had those breakdowns. You're right. Some guys just got beat too, and then, yeah, listen, yeah. I, uh, yeah, it all it happens to everybody. Right, yeah, you just get beat out there. But of the seventeen pass attempts he had in the first half, ten of them were pressures. Ten of them were yeah. pressure and, and, on him, right? And yeah, you could see the effect yeah. it had on yeah, him. Yeah, and some of it was good game plan. I think they had they were sitting in the corner. They, another guy came free, but he ended up getting the ball out, but nobody blocked him. I think they had a little bit of a game plan when they were sending corners to like the nub tight end side. If he stayed in, he was going to come, and and they they had they just had a really good game plan that they weren't ever really able to adjust. And I think because the game got so out of hand when they went into halftime, you saw a second. They moved the ball a little bit better, but it was so far out of hand, they couldn't recover. So I think this week we're going to see a little bit more uh, resolve from the offense and more consistency now that they have a game under their belt and really be able to keep this game within hand. And, and, and obviously the Raiders' offense is not as explosive. It can be, but it's not as ex- explosive as Pat Mahomes, Andy Reid, Kelsey, and everything that that, yeah. that brings and the issues that brings from a defensive side of the ball. And they're having some problems with that offensive line in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. 
and 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 I think they're going to run the ball. So again, again, right? Because yep. Jacobs had he only had, he had ten carries for fifty seven yards. He had five point seven. I think they averaged four point nine collectively, but they didn't really run it a lot yeah. in the game. So I know they're going to have a high doses of that to get them going. And so this defense needs to step up. I know we're talking about the defense now. It needs to step up in in, in that regard. Hey, he's five ten two twenty. Josh Jacobs, <laughs> that's, just that's the wolf running back right there. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, pretty yeah. stout, man. Right, right. He's, he's one of those that's guys. A runaway dumpster right there. <laughs> <laughs> that I feel like kind of gets like overlooked, and then right. you watch him play, and you're like, "This guy's not yeah, he's good." And and I and I want to see James Conner get the ball more often early, and, and let them create some consistency, yeah. and have some third and shorts, and yes. and not have to worry about the pressure. And I think with offensive line play, if I'm able to come off the ball a couple of times and jack a dude up and getting his head a little bit from a physical standpoint, that definitely helps you in pass pro because then he's okay. Is it run? Okay, it's not. Now I'm set. I've already dominated you. So just just from the mental standpoint, my set's going to be better. I'm going to have more confidence. And so when I'm going against some of these premier rushers, half of it's just m- mentality. Some guys are beat like Von Miller, right? I'm like watching this tackle. I'm like, you already beat. You beat. Just like we was talking about earlier. After you get beat once, it's yeah. over for the rest yep. of the game. So let me set that tempo. And the easiest way to do that is let me run at you, jack you up, drive you a little bit, fall on you, talk a little trash, right? And now I have the confidence. And so they have to, I think, running the ball, getting back to that I think will be significant and, and obviously keeping the score close allows you to run the ball more frequently. Who in these matchups, I mean everybody's saying DJ Humphreys against Chandler Jones, it's not going to be that straightforward, but just in general, Chandler Jones against his former team, does that tend to favor the offense or the defensive player when there's that much familiarity? Uh... I mean, it can go either way, depending on, you know, just the scheme. You know, I would, you know, maybe even run at Chandler a little bit, make him play it a little bit more over there, you know. Uh, But when it comes to pass pro, he knows Humphrey's weaknesses. I mean, so I think that favors him. But from a schematic standpoint, I think it favors the offense as far as some of the things that you know he has a tendency of doing. Like, like again, running some of that zone stuff towards towards Max and then cutting it back, right? Is Chandler going to come or? Is he coasting? Is he playing for the sack because he wants some big sack numbers, right? So doing some of the things that you know he has a tendency to do as a as a pass rusher, defensive player, and using that against him, especially in the run game, I think would really be beneficial. Yeah, cannot wait for that right there because Chan is a guy that likes to duck underneath from time to time as well. Yeah, and make a play and he's he does it. He's yeah, done he did it last very, week a couple well. of times. Yeah, did, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's there, and it, but that gives you the e- easy edge if you know he does that. Take a little smaller first step, and then just wash him down, and then you have an easy edge. So you got to be aware of that as an offensive player too. So it's always great having you in here, man. We appreciate it. Yep, great. Thanks, Love you guys. That's Lorenzo Alexander joining us there for the lowdown as he does every Thursday during football season. Coming up next, we're going to take you through the top stories of the day with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.